2: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is April 5th, 2022, and today's guest is Johnny Utah Mulligan from Iowa. Alright, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host Aaron Blasey and today's episode is 208 and it is the first episode of April. I love April, one of my favorite months. The reason why I really like it is because there's a couple things. Turkey season for one. Second of all, I'm a big baseball guy in opening day. Baseball season is here. Uh, I'm excited to watch my Tigers play this year. Um, i've been watching the spring games and it looks like they're gonna they're gonna be all right uh they've been down the last couple of years but uh, i think they're on the upswing so that's a that's a good thing but uh today's podcast is not about a ba- not about baseball at all and uh it's with johnny utah or johnny mulligan as people might know him as well he um He's ran Errol Wild TV for a while, and he did a re-ran on, and it's called Primal Divide now. So if you guys want to know more about that, go on Instagram, Primal Divide, or go check out Johnny Utah Mulligan on Instagram. Um, two separate pages, but it's a digital series. He does it on Waypoint TV now, uh, and then also he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube as well. He's doing a really cool thing. Um, Self-films a lot of his stuff, but he does get cameramen for it also. Uh, He had one hell of a year last year. I think he killed four bucks and a moose um, with a bow. So it's pretty cool. We get into all those bucks today, and then we also talk a little bit about the rebrand that he's doing with Primal Divide. But really cool podcast. I'm actually going up to Saskatchewan in 23 on a whitetail hunt and he did that this year so i kind of pick his brain about that as well the differences and you know how we hunt them here and how they hunt them up there so it's pretty neat um it's a really cool podcast johnny's a really cool guy he's also got a company called bourbon barrel calls so he makes turkey slate calls pot calls and uh they're really cool um they sound really good as well i don't have one yet but uh, i have a buddy that has one and i'm like i need to get one but they look so good because they're handcrafted he hands crafts all of them they look so good i don't know if i'd want to scratch it up and i told him that and I, he's like well a lot of people get two and i'm like well i don't really need two pot calls but <laughs> i might get two who, who knows but yeah it's gonna be a good podcast i got a couple things to say before we do get into this though um First and foremost is today, like I said, is April 5th. I probably should have shouted this out a little earlier, uh, maybe last week or the week before. But um, I'm going to start doing uh, tag deadline dates for people just so you guys are aware of when you need to have your tag submissions in or, you know, applications for preference points and stuff like that. So today is April 5th. Today is actually the deadline for Colorado All Species. April 5th 2022 is is the deadline for that. Next on the list is if you're going to go to Kansas this year or plan on it in the future. This month is the period that you need to put in for Kansas. So I do know I just talked to one of the consultants Eric Shell at Worldwide Trophy Adventures last week. And if you have one preference point for Kansas right now, you're basically 100% that you're going to pull your tag. If you do not have a preference point and you are just trying to get a tag, it's around that 70% range that you're going to get a tag. Um, But the deadline is April 29th for that. So get your tag in for Kansas deer as well. And if you're interested in going to Idaho for moose, sheep, or goat, I don't know if anybody out there, is doing that. But if you are, that deadline is April 30th. So you guys can put in for that right now. Um, That's something new I'm going to be doing uh, either every week or every other week, but just kind of giving everybody a little reminder on those things on some tags, because I know they creep up on me and I don't want to creep up on you and you lose a chance of uh, putting for a tag of a lifetime. So with that being said, I'm going to go to the next thing, which I've been kicking around this idea of putting two podcasts out a week. Um, the reason why I haven't is because I feel like it's going to be a ton of extra work, but I, don't, I, I won't know until I do it. So I think this week is going to be the first week that I'm going to start putting two podcasts out a week. Hopefully you guys will like that. Um, if you don't, let me know. If you do, let me know as well. But I'm thinking... This will be the first podcast every week will be on Tuesday. We're going to stay on Tuesday, but I'm thinking a Friday podcast as well. It'll be the same format, just like I'm doing here. Um, we're just doing double the content. I really want to ramp it up and I want to, I don't know. A lot of people have been asking for more and they hate waiting for Tuesdays. I mean, they love waiting for Tuesdays, but it's like they listen to it on Tuesday and they got to wait a week. So I'm like, why not hit them with two? So it might not be an every week thing, but it, it, it's going to be something that I'm going to definitely try to do for every week. Um, but I might miss a week. There will always be one at least, but I might miss a week that we might not have 2 I'm going to try not to um, just something sometimes come up, especially in the fall. But uh, I think it'd be really cool uh, to get more information out there and more podcasts. And uh, I've, I've been getting a lot of inquiries that people want to come on and, and talk and everything. And I'm all for that. Let's do it. So that's another thing. Um oh vector custom arrows. We are now teaming up with vector custom arrows. So I do want to talk about this as well. If you guys are looking for arrows, you want new arrows this year. I have a code. If you go to vectorcustomshop.com, check out their arrows. Now this is really cool. If you hit the tab and you go to arrow builds, it'll bring up the HMR and they have the new ZMR. It's not out yet, but it's coming. So this process is really really simple you go in there and you put in what you want a dozen half dozen you select your draw weight so how much you pull back on your bow you select your point weight so i shoot 125 grain helix you can select whatever you want there if you're a 100 grainer, or 150 something like that type in your bow model and then your draw length um you can select a vein also uh, they have three different selections for the veins. And then it's, you hit add to cart, and it, it spits them out, all the specs, to vector. And then they build your arrows custom to your bow. It's badass. Um, I'm teamed up with them now. The code is FALL10. So if you guys want some arrows this year, and I've got mine. I've been shooting them. They I, I've got nothing bad to say about them. They're awesome. Um, they shoot really good. I've shot them up to 60. I haven't shot them any farther than 60 just because I haven't had time to do it. But up to 60, they are darts. I mean, I have a heavier arrow this year. I think it's 590, I believe, is what I'm shooting with the 125 on the front of it. But uh it's a four fletch, and these things are they're dynamite, they're really cool. So go to vectorcustomshop.com, select your arrows, and then at checkout, type in fall 10 to get you 10% off and uh, yeah, I, that'd be greatly appreciated. So I guess with that being said, I'm going to get into this podcast with Johnny. Um, thank you all for the downloads, all this on all the support, please. If you haven't yet go to iTunes and, and click on the five-star rating, it'd help immensely. And also if you can leave a written review right there too, just, it says write review, write it in there. I would appreciate it. Tell a friend also, um, it just helps and subscribe if you're not subscribed to the podcast please subscribe to it because that is is helpful in you know all the ratings and everything that we do so yeah with that being said let's get over this interview with johnny and um i think uh, everybody will like it so good luck uh upcoming turkey season here i know there's a lot of turkey season oh, seasons already open but michigan's gonna be open here soon so good luck and uh yeah here's this interview with johnny all right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. And today's episode is return guest uh, Johnny Mulligan, actually known as Johnny Utah. Right? I can say that correct. You still go by yeah, that? That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Good deal, man. Well, thank you for coming back on. You actually were on the podcast almost a year ago. Well, as this goes live, you were on May eleventh last year. So uh, maybe it's a reoccurring thing. Like, let's do this every time around, you know, April Mayish. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, if it, if it leads to, um, more success that happened like this past fall, then I think we ought to close the window to like once every three months. Hey,
2: I'm good with that because (laughs) I thought, I thought for sure I had an unbelievable year last year and I did, but when I looked at your resume last year, I'm like, Jesus, like he just took me and, and blew me in the dust. Like you had a year of all years. Like I could, I couldn't even imagine doing what you did
1: it was it was pretty amazing you know the in the year didn't start out great i i went to um went to montana chasing antelope um which is kind of a it's usually like an every other year thing for me and and i went back up there hoping to get my third public land you know buck um spot and stock and and i had a buddy of mine um ethan pole another photographer buddy of mine and, and he was coming with and he had never shot one and so i thought you know what my time's limited but let's really try to focus on getting him one i've already shot a co- you know a couple and and um it there wasn't a whole lot of bucks in the area you know typically we go on five or six stalks a day we were going on one maybe two stalks a day um so anyways that didn't turn out so good neither one of us ended up tagging one um i went to idaho Uh, unfortunately I took a gamble on a unit that, um, didn't, wasn't the best odds uh, of seeing a lot of bulls, Mm -hmm. but I was also thinking that everybody else was going to think the same. I was doing that reverse psychology, you know? And I was like, well then maybe nobody will be there and I'll be one (laughs) of the only hunters on this unit. Nope. I was one of a bunch of hunters and no, no bulls. Um, so that my Idaho elk season was was pretty dismal. Um, pretty much just took my bow for a hike every day. There you go. And um, I thought, man, this is not good. I went to Kentucky for velvet, and I've shot plenty of hardhorn Kentucky bucks. I really don't have a desire to shoot another Kentucky hardhorn buck um, unless it's just you know mega freak giant you right. know old deer. But um, I was there for two days only, and I knew that I only had two days to hunt there. But it was I was willing to to make the trip for two days, um, saw one little two-year-old buck, you know, that was in velvet and saw a three-year-old buck that was hard horned. And then that was it. Um, Really, I thought, man, I was like, this season is off to just a stellar (laughs) start. You know what I mean? What, when was was that trip
2: in September? When was that? That
1: was, um, so technically it was, it was Montana antelope, Kentucky velvet, and then Idaho elk, Okay, I L gotcha. elk um, in, in order of chronological. So now we're, you know, we're third week of September and I was like, man, three tags eaten so far, you know, I thought, <laughs> man, this is, we got to turn this around. Um, played, played the weather, um, picked up a new farm here in Iowa that I didn't have any history on. So I was trying to learn it on the fly. Um, Connected with a good buck November 1st on a cold front. Um, so you went like those... the whole
2: month of October, like not even getting on one either.
1: No, no. I mean, I and I didn't hunt as much. I mean, I probably only went out for four, maybe five sits in okay. the evenings, and they were all kind of observation sits. I mean, I was because I didn't have a lot of intel for this farm. I put all my eggs in one basket and said, Hey, things are going to heat up pretty rut. Right. Um, and you know, I had, there were some decent deer on trail camera, but just not regular, not patterned and stuff. So I ended up doing some observation sits without putting a lot of invasive pressure on the property and sat a lot of open field areas. And I really just wanted to study where they were coming and going in and out of timber. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they were crossing some of these big ag fields, uh, which were now cut, you know, cut beans, right. but, um, so I just kind of, you know, observed and observed and I moved in one day, um, picked the right field, but did not pick the right field edge. And there was a buck that came in on a frosty morning. It was probably October 26th, I think. And, um, and I thought, damn, I read it right, but not totally right. right. So, uh, I just said, okay, I'm not going to come back until I have the next good frost. And I knew I had a a good frost coming five days later on November 1st that morning. It was going to be, you know, uh, 29 degrees that morning. So um, I moved in to where he came from, you know, where I saw him enter the field and uh got in tight and i had my buddy winston walls who's a he's a you know farm manager and camera guy for lee and tiffany yep but uh he lives close by so i called winston and i said hey i hate to do this to you and i hope i don't get you in trouble but i need a camera guy in the morning (laughs) (laughs) i was like i i really really think i'm i'm gonna kill this buck in the morning so he's like all right man i hope you do because and hopefully it's early and, uh, I shot the buck, uh, three minutes into legal shooting light. So <laughs>
2: that's unbelievable.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. He came, he, he, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's that one in a hundred situation mm-hmm. where, I mean, you know, I can say this with the afterthought of, I read that deer 100%. Now, 99 times out of a hundred, I've totally screwed it up. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep, but yep. This was that one time where I was like, "Man, I look like a hero in this moment," you know.
2: <laughs> Made it look easy. Uh,
1: yeah, right, right. So um, I shot him at like seven yards, and I thought, "Okay, we got it. We got a, you know, we've got a state tag down. We got a good buck. He was uh, five and a half year old deer. Um, he ended up going like one fifty seven. It's just a main ten, Mayhem main frame ten. Deer. And um, and it's funny because one of his G twos was only like four inches oh really and he still went he still went 157 Jeez. i'm like man if he would have had a matching g2 it would have put him up into like the mid 60 range yeah. but um great solid deer you know five and a half year old deer sent the teeth into the lab because uh, again this was a new farm so i had you know it's not like i had birth certificates that came with it so right right um uh, i sent the sent the teeth off to to the lab and so I thought, okay, we're off and running. You know, we got we got a buck down. Uh, takes a little pressure off. You know, I've got content for I can I have an episode, right? And, Tell me um, this. I'm
2: going to stop you real quick because you're doing yeah. you do. You know, you're on Waypoint now, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So April second at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, is the premiere episode first episode?
2: Okay, so and I know that because I know some. I, I my podcast is on Waypoint now, and I know some inner workings yeah. and of like mm-hmm. I I heard some behind the scenes stuff that you're going over there, and I'm like I got to call John, like I got to talk yeah, to him. Yeah. So to talk because you you're going live April second, like that's like next yeah next week or this weekend. I
1: yeah. Mean, this as weekend, Saturday.
2: Yeah. All right, I'm going to interrupt this interview real quick to shout out to Helix Broadheads. I want to spotlight today the hx pro sharpener so this is the sharpener that will sharpen your broadheads this thing's really cool it's 39.95 i recommend that you guys get it get one because these broadheads you want to keep them sharp so basically how it works in a nutshell is it's got an allen key system that you put the broadhead in and it automatically puts it at a 40 degree bevel So you can get that perfect angle. It's got wooden dowel rods and it's got grit paper that have 400, 800, and 1,000 grit. With wooden dowel rods, you wrap that paper around there and then you just slightly just get right after those bevels and it's razor sharp. So if you guys want to know more about it, go to helixbroadheads.com. I mean, being a producer and doing what you're doing as well, like you're in early November I mean, I know kills don't mean like necessarily episodes, but they help. Like they help on episodes and stuff like that. Like, are you freaking out a little bit inside? Like, I don't have yeah. a deer down yet. What the hell am I gonna do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's the thing too. Like, I mean, I'm the I'm the the host of the show, the producer of the show. Most of the time, I'm the main videographer. Sometimes yeah. I have camera guys, um, but I'm the editor. And it's, you know, it's all on my shoulders and, you know, you can have a good episode without a kill, like you just said, but man, it's got to be a damn good story, Mm -hmm. you know? And let's face it, like we can glamor, make this thing that we do so glamorous. Sometimes it's not glamorous, right? It just is what it is. You know, Some like that hunt there, I would have loved to have had more footage that morning, but we were right on the dark field edge the buck came up out of the draw where it was totally pitch black down in there and he popped up on the field edge i mean from the time i heard him grunt at a doe to the time he was standing in my mock scrape it was a matter of 17 seconds
2: wow not a lot the of patrol you know
1: no and the most the most footage is when i came to full draw Um, and I was waiting for a better broadside shot. He never gave it to me. And then his body language, he actually started to preload. And I was like, "Uh Oh, you know, the next movement he makes, he's gone. You know, he's, he's going to pounce out of here. So I, uh, I was a hard, hard quarter two, And I actually had to put the arrow on the front side of his shoulder and go in that way. Yep. Um, I thought mean, he was dead in 50 yards.
2: Yep. I did the same thing but, this year, man. I, I shot one right head on uh, in Ohio. Big deer came right yep. at me. And and with my, I don't want it to sound, I've been preaching it, but I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to make this any better than what it was, but my arrow setup and my equipment setup is, is made for it. You know what I mean? And I yeah, mm-hmm. I punched that deer mm-hmm. right, right below the white patch and it went through every piece of goody and he died in like 55 yards. So...
1: Well, and and you know, that a shot like that, it's, it's, it's a catch 22 deal because if you do it and you pull it off, people go, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yep. But it could have gone the other way. hundred percent. But if it doesn't work out, then you got a ton of people that are standing in line going, and that's (laughs) why you never take a frontal shot right there, ladies and gentlemen, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, if it's done right, if the arrow's placed right, you know, uh, I don't know what broadheads you're using. I'm sure you're using a, a stout broadhead. I shoot yep. iron wheels. Um, and I'm like, I can punch through any bone on that whitetail at seven yards. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, so, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: shooting a 125-grain fixed blade helix broadhead, which is – um, if you've heard of the Strickland Helix at all, but it's a single bevel. Yeah. Um, it's a stout, stout arrow. I, my arrow heavy. I actually bumped it up even more this year. I'm at like 590 for this upcoming year, but I was like right around that 500 last year. And, you know, I shot this deer with 65 pounds at 11 yards and the arrow came out right by his privates, you know, in between his legs. Like yeah. he, he was, it, it hit, it hit everything. All the goodies, and he wasn't going very far. I can tell you that.
1: Right, right, yep. So,
2: yeah, if you got the right setup, man. I, I mean, I fully, I'll take that shot 10, 10 out of ten days. To be honest with you, if I do it again, so I'm just absolutely. confident with it. You know.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely.
2: So anyway, yeah, you're it's... you're kind of you're kind of shitting bullets a yeah. little bit before you got this yeah. deer down. So how do you combat yeah. that? Like, you know, like, God, I got to make some more content. Like, I got to get out there. Like, how do you combat that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So for me, I mean, I just kind of, I try not to freak out too much. Um, You know, I I keep focusing on, okay, to just tell the story, tell the story, do what you do and the kills will happen. The kills will come, you know, but if they don't, if the kills don't happen, you know, you better tell a story because if not, then you got nothing. You're not going to have any footage. You're not going to have an episode um but um that was kind of the thing in the back of my mind um you know I have a lot of buddies that are like dude man you're just you just handle pressure so well and you handle high stress situations and it and it, at the end of the day it, it's not that I handle stress better than anybody else I just don't usually crumble under pressure okay um and, and it comes from a past law enforcement career and you know, having a job where you carry a gun and you point guns at people and occasionally they point back at you. So that's what it comes down to. It's just, I've been in high stress situations and I just, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get at it with Mm -hmm. anything in life. Right. So, um, I've just been in those situations a little bit more and, um, you know, and, and that helps, that helps a ton. But, uh, but I was nervous because, My other lease is, has not been good the last couple of years. This was a brand new farm. Um, So yeah, I mean, I was a little nervous, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, getting that first kill down on November 1st, I was like, oh, thank you. Like it takes (laughs) off, it takes off so much pressure because dude, I've, I've been there. I've been there holding my, holding one of my tags and not filled the second one, but I'm still trying to fill the first Iowa tag. And it's like the going into the last weekend of the season I've right. been there before, you know, so it does happen. But, um, and you know, like I said, going into that hunt, I had three goose eggs on mm-hmm. three previous hunts in three other States. And, um, I'm like, geez, John, like, is this going to be, is this, is this the year that is this we it? just, <laughs> yeah. where we just don't tag anything and we, you know, and then of course you get people that are like, oh, and you, you have a hunting show. And right. you're sponsored by people and you haven't killed anything. And, um, you know, you kinda, you, I can't say that I, you don't think about that kind of stuff from time to time. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I have chosen a career that in some sense, your success is based on your performance mm-hmm. and, and by success, I mean, that's my house payment. That's my truck payment. That's groceries. Right. You know? Um, I'm not taking vacations and yachts around the world. Um, I mean, I'm paying a mortgage, you know, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, there is that element of pressure that I think sometimes people don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, I'm not trying to be famous. I'm trying to pay groceries. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's the element of the job, right? Yeah. Um,
2: and, and, and also to further that, cause I'm the same as you, my, my job is like, it's a lot of the same thing you do. And even with this podcast, like I'm paying bills, like I've just built a beautiful yeah. home. I'm paying for that, but we also like to do it, have fun doing it and don't want to feel like a job. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, yeah. and have, yeah. and go and see these beautiful places while we're doing it. And it's, we've got the best job in my opinion.
1: Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I grew up in Kentucky, in southeast, you know, well, Central Kentucky. And, um, you know, I I, I mean, I just thought that's what my life was going to be. I was never probably going to leave the state of Kentucky. I was probably going to take over my dad's plumbing business, raise some cattle on the farm. And, you know, that was it. And I was content. That was going to be fine for me. And the fact that I've had some of the opportunities that I've had to see some of the places and wake up to a sunrise in Montana or Idaho or, you know, British Columbia, Ontario, Saskatchewan. I mean, it's amazing stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. uh, every day is every day. It's, it's a blessing. And so I, I try to keep that in perspective too, of I'm still getting to do exactly what I want to do. And this is awesome. Don't let this become a job. Don't let the stress get to you. So, um, but you know, getting that first buck down, that was, that was huge. And, and I'll never forget We we did a little post interview in the tree. now this episode is already out on YouTube and, And I was like, "Man, this is super cool." And I was like, I looked at Winston, and I said, "All right, well, what do you think? Think we ought to wait? You know, it's been about five minutes, ten minutes. We heard him crash. We knew it was a fatal. You know, you know, mortality rate was very low on this hit. But I was like, we uh, probably ought to go down and." you know we'll we'll track and blood trail you know he's like yeah let's hurry the hell up because lee's already texted me like five times wanting to know where i'm at oh god (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like oh crap i don't want to get you in trouble so we had to we kind of scrambled and and uh got the got the buck recovered and tagged up and everything you know but um so i get that one down and then it's like okay what's you know what's what's next um I knew I had a Saskatchewan trip, but that wasn't till you know, mid, mid December. Yep. Um, and then I get a phone call from a friend of mine that lives out in Pennsylvania, my friend, Leslie, she's, she's in a bunch of my Instagram stuff with me all the time. She's one of my best friends. And, um, she is, was going to Texas. Uh, she runs a veteran nonprofit and she was, she was hosting a waterfowl, um, hunt with a couple of her friends in Texas. And she said, Hey, now that you're tagged out, um, you know, my next hunt was Saskatchewan. And then my next Iowa buck tag doesn't even become valid until like the fourth week of December. Um, she's like, now that you're available, do you want to come down to Texas with me and photo film, you know, this waterfowl hunt? So I was like, yeah, I got nothing else. Sure. The schedule's opened up. So yep. we get the details worked out on that. And, it's about 3 days before I'm set to drive down there and she calls me and she says, "Hey, you know the where we're going, this lady, she's got a bunch of deer out there on her farm and I don't know if she'll let you hunt, but it's worth a shot." So I called the landowner and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm the photographer that's coming to photo film this trip and um you know I'm an avid bow hunter. Um I hear that you have some whitetails on your property you know is there a chance and she's like well we usually charge you know 2500 3 grand you know yep. to to hunt, hunt our place and i said well okay i'll think about it so and that just meant hey i got to check my bank account to right. <laughs> see what the rest of the bills are yep. for the rest of the year cuz it wasn't a, it's not you know it wasn't budgeted into the season but so she calls me back and she says hey i'm thinking about selling my house i'll make you a trade you oh. do farm real estate photos and I'll let you hunt for free.
2: I'm a horse trader from way back. You're speaking my language.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. And I was like, oh my God. So um, you know, bought it, bought my Texas tag, went down there, um, sat in a blind. I mean, full disclosure, sat in a blind next to a corn feeder. Yep. Corn feeder turned on. I shot a 162 four-year-old. Jeez, dude. <laughs> um, and I was like, You gotta be kidding me. This is crazy, right? And I mean, it was one of those like low fence properties. Yeah. Um, the buck that I shot, she had never seen before. Not once in her life ever laid eyes on it before. So it was a volunteer buck. But you know, in the land of mesquite, and she's throwing corn, she had all the deer. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Um, you know, when in Rome, right? So <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and, and, you know, and you got people from varying sides of the camp that'll say, well you know, it's a high fence hunt or it's a low fence hunt. It's Texas. You're hunting over corn. Look, man, Texas has fences. Everybody has a fence. Everybody's running corn. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, now when I made my post, I said, Hey, the, the corn feeder was the guide. Um, I didn't try to hide that. I hunted over corn, the corn feeder. I purposely left the corn feeder in the video shot of me shooting the buck. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I could have cropped that out of there or something, you know what I mean? But it, I just full transparency. It is what it is. I was down there for two days. I had an opportunity to shoot a buck. I like shooting bucks. I like eating meat <laughs> and yep. I had an opportunity to do it. So I did it and didn't apologize about it at all. You know, I love that um, about
2: you, man, you, cause I would have done the same thing, full transparency yeah. in, in two days. I mean, you want to stack the odds as, as best way you can in your favor as well, because, have you ever killed a Texas deer at this point?
1: No, no, that was my so, first one.
2: Exactly. So you know that, and then you got all the meat to bring home. You want to be able to, you know, I don't know. The experience is is is, is good as well. But I, I I don't disagree. If it's if you're legal beagle and it's uh, yeah. allowed, why not? You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and then the other part of it too was I really wanted to shoot this buck in Texas because I knew I was going to Saskatchewan to hunt whitetails. And I'm like, you know what? In one month, I have an opportunity to chase deer in the, the furthest South that you can hunt whitetails and the furthest North that you can hunt whitetails. Yep. I'm like, that's kind of cool. So I definitely wanted to shoot one. So I shot him, um, you know, Cape out freeze, hide, meat, skull cat. I'm back to Iowa drop off at the taxidermist and then, uh, then we head to Saskatchewan and, uh, going to Saskatchewan, I knew that I had one tag, um, with the option of maybe a second tag, you okay. know I mean? Your fl- your flights are picked, your flights are dedicated. I know what I'm flying in. I know what I'm flying out. Leslie had organized this hunt. This was a hunt that I basically piggybacked on. She was already set to go. And I called the outfitter and said, Hey, is there any chance of adding one more hunter? And he's like, well, technically she's the only hunter in camp that week. So sure. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to come on down, come on down. This is the price. So, um, we flew out there. I took, uh, I took a bow. She took a rifle and, um, we get there and because it was her hunt, um, I was letting her go first, you know? So, um, I wasn't going to shoot anything until she had shot something. But, um, so the very first sit, it was like negative 20 degrees. We're sitting in a, in a pop-up blind and, um, we've got a little Mr. Buddy heater, you know, in there with us. And because it was Indian res ground, um, we were allowed to hunt with some alfalfa bales. And, um, so her buck, a buck, there's several bucks came in and I'm, I'm very glad and, and. It was really cool to see that she didn't just shoot the first buck. Mm-hmm. She shot the first buck that she liked. And I had already, she's a fairly new hunter, okay. uh, accompl, accomplished angler, but new hunter. And and I had kind of told her the rules, never pass a buck on the first day that you would end up shooting on the last day. Right. And um, she passed a couple of deer, passed a couple of deer. And then all of a sudden she saw one that she really liked. And she looked at me and she said, that's a really nice buck. And I said, that's, that's a gorgeous buck. You know, it's a great representation of the area. Um, you know, it's not a 190 inch buck, but it's not a 130 inch buck either. You right. know." Um, and I said, it's a tank body. I can looking at him. I know that he's at least a four year old deer. And that was about all that was said and all I, I, boom, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And she drops, she drops this whitetail and and it was so neat, man, to see and be right there in the moment to watch her shoot her first whitetail buck. And, and, um, so we do the recovery and that was kind of the day, you know, that was it. Um, the next day we go out, I end up shooting my buck with my bow and, and then it was like, okay, we've got five days to kill you know, like, what are we going to do do for five days? (laughs) It's now negative 33 outside. So it's not like we can go outside and do anything that's enjoyable. Um, so I, I went to the guide and I said, man, I said, um, I guess I'd like to pursue that second tag option. He's like, well, we got to go to the chief and we got to ask permission and, and see if the chief will grant you a second tag. You know, what are you wanting to go after? And I said, well, I'd like to, i don't know i'd like to go after a moose he's like well you know we don't have a lot of moose in the area um you know you sure you don't want to try to go after a mule deer or go after another whitetail and i said man you know i've had i've had a hell of a season already i just shot my third whitetail of the season i still have a tag when back in iowa when i go home um so i'd rather try even if i fail i'd like to try something different something new and uh so he said yeah let's let's go for a moose so that morning, uh, we get on some, some moose tracks, and uh, he, he himself ends up spotting a moose uh, in an open clearing um, about 30 minutes after we had gotten set up in one area. And we're not that far apart. We're maybe a half mile you know, from where he spotted this moose. So we were, we were, we were close, and it was his tracks that we were tracking. Um, we were just a little off that morning, but uh, he spotted him bedded down, and he was about 175 yards off this two-track logging road um with four foot of snow oh, deep God. between me and him and and i'm like man i was like and i've got my bow in my hand and i'm just like how am i going to do this right. like and i'm i'm looking at the terrain i'm looking at trees i'm looking to see if there's a another way i can pitch in or whatever and then i'm like oh yeah there's four foot deep of snow um <laughs> between us and i'm like I'm five foot 10. You know what I mean? And I'm like, there's no, no way. way you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if I tried to like set up and wait him out, I probably would have died of hypothermia before he stood up again, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, I can't believe I'm not, this wasn't an obvious option. There is a sighted in fresh Bergara 308 sitting <laughs> in the truck and I was like,
2: "Warm, ready." <laughs> th-
1: it's I was like, "This is this is a kill." You know what I mean? Like, so I, I grabbed I grabbed the Bergara and um, and shot him, and uh, you know, ended up shooting a forty eight inch wide moose. Jeez, dude <laughs> that that weighs you know fifteen to eighteen hundred pounds. You know what I mean? So how'd you get him out of there in four foot of snow? Piece by piece, we used a, we had a toboggan sled and. Um, You know, rear quarter came out by itself, another rear quarter by itself, uh, a front leg quarter and ribs, uh, a right side rib came out together and then left front quarter and left rib came out together. And then the final trip was the, um, was the head rack and, and hide. Um, so five trips.
2: Jeez. What was pulling it? you would have horses or something.
1: No, I mean, we just we were taking turns. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we were taking turns, you know, dragging, dragging him out. Oh, it was it was awful. And so it took about, it, there was five of us. So we had me, Leslie, we had our guide, and then we had his two Sherpas. Yep. And um, so there's five of us that were all whittling and cutting and hacking. And you know what I mean? till we got everything broke down. And it took two and a half hours to break it down and get it. Drug back to the truck. Wow. So we get in the truck, and this is where those pictures of like my frosty beard, icy yep, beard yep. came. And um, I'm exhausted. I get in the truck and I'm like, I just want to go to bed. I need like a hot tub. Like, I just, I- I'm ready to fall asleep right here. So we start driving down this two track to get out of this block of timber that we're in. And I remember our guide, Curtis, he goes, He's like, you're not going to fucking believe this. (laughs) And I was like, I looked at him and I go, what? And he goes, look, look out the fucking window. (laughs) And I, I looked to my right and there's another bull moose just standing there like a hundred (laughs) yards off the road. (laughs) And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so immediately I looked at him and I said, can Leslie buy a second tag? And he was like, I got one tag left. You know one moose tackle left the chief gave me two. yeah I turned around in my seat, she was in the back seat and I go it's fucking now or never, Leslie, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, you gotta you gotta make a decision like right now and she was she was already had the door of the truck open.
2: Oh God you know what I
1: mean. <laughs> so she already had her rifle and she took off running down the road, you know with her rifle and she got into a clearing and a position in straight Marine Corps style. She sat down on her ass Indian style and boom, drops this moose. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, (laughs) so she drops it. And then I got to video her just raw emotion. She breaks down, completely loses it crying.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And it wasn't that girly crying. It was that like, it was that like when we all, when we, when we shot our first deer, uh, our first turkey or first duck back in the day, It was that like so happy cry, you know, Yep. Um, she had accomplished something that most girls don't ever get to do. She had just braved 33 degree, negative 33 degree temperatures and she just dropped a moose in Saskatchewan, you know, Um, and I was like, oh my God. And I wanted to be in the moment, but I also wanted to film it too. And it was kind of, I was kind of conflicted because I kind of wanted to be in it and not watch it. You know what i mean yep um but I, I filmed a little bit of it and then i put the camera away and and then kind of got to experience it with her and, and stuff so that was super cool and then it's funny because we facetimed her husband while we were standing over top of her moose and she calls her husband and she's like troy she goes he knew that she had killed a whitetail and he's like she's uh she's like i just i just i just killed a moose and um, and he's like, oh my god, that's amazing! Congratulations, I'm so happy for you. You're a beast. You're 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 a badass. And then she's like, uh, he goes, John, can you hear me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, Troy, I'm I'm standing right here. What's up? And he's like, take her ammo away now, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking of the taxidermy bill. Oh right? yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he he has hunted with her, and he knows she did not ask questions. She just shoots.
2: That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So he's like, take her ammo away because if she sees a wolf or she sees something else, a uh, coyote, she's just going to start shooting. Like, <laughs> like, uh, um, what is his name? Um, uh, like Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> so there I, there I was. I just started blasting. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, awesome, so, dude. Yeah. It was super cool. So, you know, we get through customs and... And get all that stuff out of the way. And then um, we head back to, uh, I, you know, I, I fly back to Iowa. And um, I was already scheduled to take the wife and kids down to Florida for Christmas. And uh, so we went down there. My mom's got a place down there. So we went down there uh, for about five days. Did a little family vacay for, you know, for the holidays. And then um, flew back to, to Iowa um, around the 1st. And uh, ended up using my muzzle loader and shot a 165, six, uh, six and a half year old with my muzzle loader. Um, one Did you know anything Winston, about him? Um, you know, when I saw him come out, I just said, oh shit, big deer, big deer. And that was it. I stopped looking at the rack, I put it on his body and killed him. Um, once I got him recovered, then I'm like, oh, I do have some trail camera pictures of this deer but it was earlier in like September. Mm-hmm. Um, I only had like two pictures of him, nothing patterned. I just figured he was a deer that probably didn't live on me. He was just kind of cruising around, maybe looking for some different food sources or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but he, he wasn't, he wasn't my intended target. Um, he was in the list of, okay, the, the, he is a shooter buck, but, uh, but he wasn't a deer that I thought I was going to see that night. But, uh, but anyways uh ended up shooting him january 3rd and then that was it that was the end of the season so four four white tails and a moose um,
2: i mean man your I, taxidermist has got to love you
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah yeah so um no it was, a, it was a hell of a year and um but you know like it was it was awesome to go through it and I think it was a lot of confidence started playing in, you know, once you start checking them off, it's just one after another, after another and, um, you know, letting, letting confidence take over and not like double think and, and, um, you know, second guess myself on a lot of right. those hunts, I think was really important.
2: All right. This should be the last time that I interrupt you on this interview, but if you guys are looking to get into mobile hunting and you want to find a new lock on stand, that's is perfect for mobile hunting go to novixoutdoors.com check out their Hilo hang on tree stand this thing's awesome it is the total weight of the stand is 10.2 pounds the weight rating is 300 pounds it's cast aluminum platform and seat you can get backpack straps with this and honestly it's they're nice because they're padded they're like a neoprene padded they're they're really comfortable i recommend possibly getting the stick quiver as well with that and uh, the seat cushion it comes with the stand but uh, it's pretty comfy and it's light i think my setup i talked about it i weighed all my stuff with three mini sticks and the stand with the two straps and cableators i'm at like 13 and a half pounds so you can't beat that at all my stand was actually a little lighter than advertised so um take that for what it is i guess but uh, i recommend you guys go check these out go to novixoutdoors.com and uh, learn more yeah for sure now specifically that saskatchewan hunt i'm interested Mm -hmm. to know a little bit more about that a little more detail and in the as far as like the bow hunt side of things that you did because I, like I told you off record, that is my like Holy grail. That is my, uh, bucket list Mm -hmm. hunt. And I actually booked it this off season to go in 23 to Saskatchewan. Uh So on the ground, probably more than likely with a bow, um, over alfalfa for sure. Like, but I mean, what, uh, what is it to expect? Like from soup to nuts, like getting there, like, what was your experience like? And, you know, I guess get into detail as far as like how dialed were they, as far as like, did they know what deer were in the area? Like stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, depending on the time of the year that you go later in the year that you go, they're going to be very back to very food dependent. Okay. So if you have alfalfa, you're going to have the deer. Um, and, and more than likely you're going to have options, you know, as to what deer you want to go after. Um, the outfitter that I hunt with is a, a company called BBD Outfitters, uh, Saskatchewan. I believe there's a BBD Outfitters like in the lower 48. Okay. Um, but Curtis goes by BBD Outfitters, Saskatchewan. And, um, truth be known, a lot of the native outfitters, um, don't have the best reputation. And it's a shame um, and I've heard a lot of horror stories. Um, I can vouch for Curtis and he gets so mad at his fellow native outfitters because he doesn't like the way they do business and doesn't feel that they're professional. Gotcha. And it gives, it gives natives a bad name, you know, a bad rep. Um, but, uh, I can vouch for Curtis and say that he's, he's stand up. I'm going back there again this year for mule deer. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. He's, and he's become a good friend as well, but, Getting across the border, you know, you still, you're dealing with COVID. Canada, yep. Uh, Canada treats COVID worse than New York. Okay. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. You know, we had to do our, uh, we had to have our negative test, you know, within 72 hours of landing in Canada. And you have to use this. Um, Oh, Canada Air, Air Canada, something like that. There's an app on your phone. Yeah. Uh, I went up gears. there
2: I went up there in December on an Elk Hunt and had to do it and it was a pain in the ass to do it. Yep,
1: yep, <laughs> yep, yep. So you're familiar with that process. Yep. So um, you know, having to go through that and and once we got landed, you know, got our rental car, let um, you like I said Leslie took a rifle and that was a real pain in the ass. Uh, because I was traveling with her, I was basically attached to that rifle too. So, gotcha. Um, so all of the bullshit she had to go through, you know, I had to go through with her. And um, but I'm glad that rifle was there. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, we, you know, we we dealt with that. Uh, you know, once we got there, um, you know, everything was good. They were like I said they were dialed in. They knew where the deer were. He had some dedicated pop up blinds you know, set up and, you know, he had some Mr. Buddy heaters that we could borrow and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we were, it was Indian res ground that we were hunting and, um, God, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say Indian anymore in 2022, but I know, right? it was, it was res ground. Uh, obviously don't mean any disrespect, you know, to natives up there, but, uh, it was, um, it was super, super awesome the way that they had it set up. I mean, it was, God, it was like, like 400 square, uh, 400 square acres or four, something like that, or 40, 40 miles. 40, yeah. That's what it was. 40 square miles. Wow. Is the, uh, the res ground that we had at our disposal. Um, and you know, he, he was doing really, really good with, uh, with the alfalfa and, and running trail cameras. And he was showing us pictures of some deer, you know, that were still around showing us pictures of bucks that had been killed already, you know, stuff like that. Yep. And, um, Very, very professional. Um, The right kind of professionalism. You know, I I don't want somebody, I don't need, you know, I don't need somebody to handhold me, you know, Um, show me what's in the area, what I might see. Um, if there's a lot of deer, tell me there's a lot of deer that way. I don't go shoot the first thing, I don't mind sitting around and waiting out, you know, two, three, four or five days. But the way you hunt there for at his place is it's bell to bell. That's the only option. You don't have an option to come home early. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you're froze to death, he'll come get you. But, (laughs) um, but it, he's, you know, he's, he talked about it before we went there. He said, be prepared for dark to dark you're going to sit all day cause I'm not going to be making trips in and out of that timber disturbing right. my, you know, my stuff. And I respect the hell out of that. So, um, you know, we, the first day we did, we sat bell to bell. The second day we sat bell to bell. Uh, we did my, we did my recovery in the dark. Um, and it was funny cause I actually FaceTimed Curtis, Guy, uh, Kurt Geyer um, when I was doing the recovery. Yep. Um, over there (laughs) and uh he makes a cameo in the episode he's like (laughs) that's awesome he's looking at me and he's like dude you look cold (laughs) and i was like yeah yeah it's a little chilly yeah but but, you know the bucks are just so big and that was the other nice thing too was having that first day to hunt with her and really observe some of the deer and then also getting to put my hands on the rack of her deer Mm -hmm. because um her the her antlers ended up being bigger than i thought because the body was so big
2: real deceiving
1: it is very deceiving you know it's just it's polar opposite of texas um you know the texas buck when i shot him i thought i shot a 185 and he ended up being 162 right um because his body was the size of an iowa two-year-old doe right um so that was pretty neat to see but um you know, they were the communication was really, really good, and then of course, getting back across the border, um, what I did is I went to a local like Canadian Tire. Yep. And um, I got a couple of big those big big rubber made totes. Yeah. And because it was negative thirty three, the hide and the, and the meat and stuff like that, we just we packaged it and just left it outside and I gotcha. let it get completely good and frozen. And then I put everything in those totes, Um, and then we shipped them back just like they were luggage. Yep. Was it hard uh, to get the
2: meat back in?
1: uh, No, no. I mean, I had a form that I had to fill out, and I had to go through customs. Yeah. And going through leaving to get ready to do that process, I mean, because they didn't really care about the horns and the hide that much. But, yeah, the meat was an extra form that I had to have. And I'm going through like this customs and then you go through this customs and you get a number and then you have to go wait in a waiting room and then they call your number. And then when they call your number, then you actually have like a little interview with like a security guy. And I'm like, geez, this is a hassle. But the final guy, uh, when I got to go talk to the, the grand, you know, the wizard of Oz, uh, I went and sat down, dude's got a beard he had like a mossy oak shirt on. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> yep. And and he just looks at me. He goes, "You kill you moose." I am like, "Yes sir." And he goes, "Jeff, fun?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" And he's like, you "Got any pictures of it?" So of course <laughs> I pull out my phone and I show him a picture of the moose. And he's like, "Hell yeah, man! Have a good time." That's awesome. Like, I was like, "I'm like, do you need to see this paperwork?" He's like, "Fuck it." You know what I mean? <laughs> That's I was awesome. like, "You're all, I was like, "You're cool," you know. I'm like. This guy's not originally from Canada. He's probably like from Minnesota be Montana (laughs) or something, right? So, uh, but no, you know, getting back wasn't bad. And, and, you know, traveling, you know, third week of December, every airport between Saskatchewan, uh, Chicago, Iowa, I mean, it was all 10 degrees outside. So, uh, there was never had any worries about, you know, the meat or the hides slipping or spoiling or anything Mm -hmm. like that.
2: That's really cool, man. Yeah. I'm excited to go up there and do that i'm actually slated to go like the week leading up to thanksgiving so that like second week of november so i'm interested to see how everything will unfold then with it probably still being rut like a good i would think up there the rut would be going on but um i mean the dough has got to come to eat as well so when (laughs) you never know what you might see up there at that time i would think
1: You'll be, you know, you'll be action packed. You'll be action packed. I would, I would venture to say that they're actually going to just be the beginning of coming back to food. Okay. So, uh, I think you're going to be sitting really, really good. Um, I know, and you know, like when I was there that third week of December, you know, you had to be careful because some of the antlers were starting to pop already.
2: Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah.
1: Les, like Leslie's buck, one of her, one of her antlers popped off whenever we were caping it out. Okay. So... Uh, so when I shot mine, I was like, nobody grab the antlers, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just bear hug this 300 pound cocktail, yeah. you know,
2: <laughs> any, uh, any tips for in the blind being that cold from daylight to dark? Like it is food, there anything
1: food, food, water, uh, Mr. Buddy heater, um, and you know, hot hands. Um, yeah. the, the lifesaver for me was, uh, those little, um, Those little booties. um, Oh, yes. Yep. Arctic Shield makes those little booties. And, man, throw your hot hands inside there, put that little booty on, cinch it up closed. And I was golden, never had any issues at all.
2: Now, do you put those over your boots or take your boots off? Yeah.
1: Oh, no. No, I just put them over my boots. Okay, gotcha. I got to give me some of those. Yeah, $59. I have spent way more money on shit that didn't work. And I can, I don't work with those guys at all. Uh, I can hundred percent vouch for, for that product that it's amazing. Um, yeah. you know, and I, am a, I'm a too lightweight pair of Merino sock guy anyway. So yep. when it gets into those temperatures and I did do the crispy wild rock, uh, GTX boot. It's an 800 gram thinsulate boot and, um, and then coupled with those, uh, those Arctic shield booties. And, and that was, that was clutch.
2: That's cool. Now, yep. um, I view, or I have a heater bodysuit because, and I got it way back in the day. I don't work with them at all, but I'll tell you what, man, I yep. used that one time in Michigan, in like a late, um, like in December muzzleloader hunt when it was a brutal cold and that thing yeah. is legit. <laughs> I'm
1: not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. I bet they are. I mean, you know, any, any time that you can fully encapsulate yourself, um, with any product. I mean, it could be a, it could just be a a plastic sack. Um, and it's going to work. Obviously their product is more advanced than, you know, a plastic sack, but, um, um, yeah, no, it's, I think those things are clutch. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't take one, uh, one, I didn't really know exactly what we were doing, but I can tell you had it had been any colder than what it was. I might've been considering one of those things
2: because
1: negative 33, man, it's a different kind of cold. And then of course, like where you're set up to in your pop-up blind, um, you're on top of three foot of snow. Yeah. Like your feet are on ice. You're sitting on ice. Um, That adds a whole nother element to it as well. And you know, that pop-up blind, it was a baronet blind. It was a new blind. It was a nice blind um, but it wasn't like it was a nice shanty blind or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's cutting the, some of the wind off of you. That's it. It's not holding any heat. It's not doing any of that kind of stuff. Cause you got your windows open for a bow and you know, stuff like that. So yeah, it is what it is, but it, it, it is cold, but man, the dark pine, uh, that timber, um, it's so cold, you can hear when the wind was blowing, you could hear the trees swaying and creaking oh. and cracking. And, um, it's just, uh, it, it was an amazing experience. That, um, that it, you know, before I left, I sat down with Curtis and I said, I'm coming back every single year, yeah. And he's like, He's like, Well, I guess that's good because. I'd like to have you come back every year. And (laughs) and he's like, yeah, you can come back next year with us again. That'll be okay. That's fun. um, Yep. So looking forward to it this year. And like I said, this year we'll go after some mule deer and yeah.
2: That's cool, man. I can't wait to go up there and do it. And that dark timber, like I said, it's something I've never done. Um, It's at the top Mm -hmm. of the list. So I, I can't wait to experience that for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, um, you know, growing up as a kid, watching some of the whitetail shows and stuff on Saturday mornings, it was always cool to see that. Oh, yeah. But the ep- the episodes that always stuck out to me is whenever there would be a Saskatchewan hunt. For sure. And I'm like, man, look at that dark chocolate rack. and 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 I remember watching those shows and going, well that buck really doesn't look that big until right. they do their grip and grin and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Um, and that's when I started to really realize like, man, there's, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a different type of deer. You yeah. know, it's a different su- subspecie of whitetail.
2: Yep. I definitely agree there. Um, yep. I mean, we're coming up on time here a little bit, but I, I want to ask you lastly about primal divide. Let's talk about this a yeah. little bit. You got a, I think a little rebrand going on, but like, what are you, uh, what are you changing up from what you were doing and, and where does, I mean, obviously where can people tune into it?
1: Yeah. So, um, the, the ideal with Primal Divide, I'll be honest. I, I was Arrowwild wild TV, um, was the original show name and I was a hundred percent bow hunting. Uh, I wasn't always married to the name arrow wild TV. Um, I almost started to not like the name,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and and it was always in the back of my mind. Someday, I, I, maybe I need to change this. Well, then the situation with uh, me, you know, leaving Carbon TV and going over to Waypoint. Uh, once those conversations started, I thought, you know what? If there was a time to change the name, now's the time. But I didn't really know if I was going to do it yet or not. Well we get into, we follow up the season and I start getting these questions from people and they're like, Oh dude, like, so are you not a bow hunter anymore? And I'm like, what? (laughs) like, no, I'm, I'm still going to be, I'm still going to do the same number of bow hunts every year. But as I try to keep growing the show and add more episodes and I've told, you know, I'm telling waypoint that I'm going to give them 15 episodes it's really tough to kill 15 animals with a bow on film yeah, and it not, and it not be seven turkeys or, right. you know what I mean? Like, yep. so I was like, let's, um, I'm going to add a couple of rifle hunts and, and, you know, former law enforcement I obviously have nothing against, you know, guns whatsoever. I was already working with red arrow weapons. CBA came on board. Um, it looks like Bergara is coming on board as well. And so it, it kind of made sense. Okay, let's add a couple of gun hunts. And you know what? Maybe now's time to change the name. So then you start going, okay, what is the new name of the show? And I kept coming back to this thought of the division. You know, if you tell somebody you hunt, it seems like more often than not nowadays, if you tell a non-hunter that you hunt, the, you get this look from them that's like, Oh yeah o- yep okay all right you know I, I, I believe I believe I had a great uncle I believe he used to hunt <laughs> a little bit you know yeah and I'm like and I told somebody I said, man I said you guys make the hunting sound like it's so primitive And so that's that's kind of where the the brain flow started from from the word primitive and I was like, you know hunting is becoming like this primal thing and you know maybe that is the division between hunters and non-hunters is that hunters are doing something that's primal and non-hunters are drinking starbucks yeah and um you know maybe that is the divide as to who we are as people and what society is telling us we should do and what we shouldn't do and that kind of stuff and <clears throat> so um uh, primal divide is kind of the name that i ended up settling on and and, uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, uh, you know, by the time this podcast plays, probably the first episode, uh, will have already dropped, but, um, April 2nd yep, at 11, 11 AM Eastern, um, is when the first episode. So I canned all of my hunts after the first whitetail, I just sandbagged everything and I wanted to save them for waypoint to kick off that launch. For sure. Um, and there's also another another partner that's rather large um, that came on board, um, so I kind of wanted to make a big splash for that one as well. But very um, cool, man. So uh, I recently signed a contract. Um, I can I can tell people now. Uh, I recently signed a contract as an Under Armour athlete. Oh, good for um, you, man! Thank you, thank you. So I, I left uh, left Sitka after eight years as a Sitka ambassador. Um, I felt it was time, it was kind of time for a change and, and, um, just staying current with what it is I do. I mean, anybody that follows me on social media knows that I'm either going to have a bow in my hand or I'm going to be at the gym. And those are the two places that I pretty much live. So, um, you know, Under Armour gave me an opportunity that it completely, encompasses everything that I do as a hunter athlete, you know, type of a person and, um, and with the fishing side as well. So it just checked all the boxes and, um, it's, you know, it's a global brand. It's a, it's a humongous brand all over, known all over the world. and, And it was a great opportunity to, to join up with those guys and very thankful and appreciative of the opportunity. So that announcement is supposed to be made today actually, as we're recording this. Sweet. <laughs> to, yeah. So, uh, they're supposed to be making, they wanted, they wanted to make the announcement on their end first. And then once they make it, then it's kind of, you know, Katie, bar the door, um, uh, blow it open. But, um, but yeah, so Primal Divide on Instagram, Facebook, you know, Waypoint TV, once the episodes post on Waypoint, then I can post them on YouTube. Um, but the most active page for me is going to be my Instagram, the Johnny.Utah.Hunt and uh, Johnny Utah Hunt Official on Facebook.
2: Sweet. Now, is, when, uh, when you drop yeah. those on Waypoint, will they all drop at once or is it going to be like a weekly cadence?
1: Yeah. So, what we're doing is I, I gave them the first three episodes. And so, actually, on April 2nd, all th- three episodes will be available on demand. Okay. Uh, but as far as their live streaming, um, it'll be one episode new a week.
2: Oh, cool. Cool. Yep. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, I, I love watching your stuff. Um, I watch it all the time when it goes live and I'm glad you're part of the Waypoint team now cause I've, I'm on Waypoint with the podcast and everything. So yeah, everybody out there, if you, if you don't know what Waypoint is, you need to figure it out. It's a network that you can go online and, and stream all things, hunting, fishing outdoors, you know, nothing's really censored and I love it. Like it's a really cool network. Um, there's short films, there's like I call them digital episodes but there's like live episodes, they have a linear section, they have podcasts, they got it all man, they're like a turnkey So
1: yeah and you know that's that's what turned me on to, to Waypoint is that you know over the years there's been Carbon and My Outdoor TV, you know there's been all these app yeah. services that have come up but that's what they stayed as, they stayed as an app and you know Waypoint was able to break through and have to make it to uh, have a native channel on the live streaming services, um, such as Pluto and Sling TV and stuff like that. So that was, that was huge to me, the fact that they were able to break through and wanted to continue to grow and actually be a real channel per se in the old traditional sense. Um, you know, that's what attracted me to them. And, and I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice on this and see if it works. And if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, I'm just out a little bit of money, you know what I mean? But, uh, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm excited. See, see where they take it.
2: Hell yeah, man. Well, we're coming up on Turkey season and I know you're a big gobbler chaser and you have uh, plug your, uh, your bourbon barrel calls as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, two, Oh, I guess it's been, yeah, two years ago. Um, I started a, my own Turkey call company. It's called bourbon barrel calls. And, um, every call is, is actually sourced from, uh, reclaimed Kentucky bourbon barrel heads. So we're not cutting any trees down. We're not using any laser beams. Uh, we're actually making these things by hand and I'm, I assemble every single call gets assembled by me. No one has ever assembled another call that's been sold. And, uh, we're coming up on about 1500 Turkey calls now, wow. um, in two years, but, uh, it's crazy when I think about it. I mean, Loophold and and Joe Rogan and John Dudley and Harry Connick Jr. And Davis Love III. I mean, some of the people that have my calls. It's just um, it's it's kind of mind boggling for something a business that I started with three hundred thirty eight dollars out of my basement.
2: That's crazy. And,
1: um, so it's it's been a lot of fun and and um, yeah, I love I love chasing turkeys. You know, admittedly, I got into chasing turkeys because there was nothing else to do in the spring. Yep. And, uh, it kind of filled the time, but it also kind of kept me sharp with my bow and gave me something to do to, to stay outdoors and, and, you know, another opportunity to chase something outside. And, and then I got hooked, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I got addicted to it and I just oh, yeah. love chasing turkeys. So it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, messing with that business and, and, uh, it's definitely the busy time of the year for me. Um you know doing that usually that's my my 8 p.m to midnight career there
2: you go <laughs> is uh
1: build, building turkey calls
2: hell yeah man well yeah i mean you're doing it all you're you're doing it at a high level i appreciate you coming on doing this again well i'll have to do Thank it again you. i mean every if i had a little bit of luck or a little bit of what to do with you you know did this fall i guess we'll have to do it again so you can have another <laughs> <Yeah>. banner year <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah if i if i uh start and i don't tag something i may call you but there you, you go know what? we probably <laughs> ought to sit down and record something
2: that's funny because honestly i had an unbelievable this year with whitetails. i killed three awesome whitetails in michigan ohio and illinois and actually wow. i had i had a i had a goal um i've hunted in i think it's seven states uh for whitetails. I think it is. Well, the three that I have yet to kill in was, or the two, I'm sorry, was Ohio and Illinois. And I went in there, um, in Illinois first and killed one on the 13th of October. And then I went to Ohio and killed a typical 170 as a 10, uh, he was giant. I mean, just a giant first night in, did a hanging and hunt and uh, read the sign and he came and I shot him at 11 yards in hill, big, big wood hill, big woods, hill country. It was awesome. But it was like those two goals were something I wanted to accomplish this year because of, I have this thing in my head. I want to kill a, a, a white tail in every state that you can hunt him in, but I'm like, that'd take me forever. But you know, it's a, it's a pipe dream. So I'm going to keep trying to do that but I needed these two states to knock them off and I did it that this year so I was excited for that too. So
1: Heck yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's it's so it's so much fun like I said, you know, just creating creating little little goals. You yep. know what I mean? And and um you know, just get, personally just challenging yourself just to try some different things and and kick some stuff off. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn fun.
2: Yeah. For sure, man. Well, dude, I'm going to let you go. We're right at an hour. I greatly appreciate you coming on and doing this, and we'll do it again for sure.
1: That sounds great, man. Take care.
2: All right. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Thank you, Johnny, for coming on, man. That is greatly appreciated. We're going to have to do it again like we talked. Uh, I think I might have been some good luck for him, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll have him back on again when it gets closer to season, probably. This guy is traveling all over, killing big deer, killing deer, killing moose. I I mean, he he just gets after everything, killing turkeys. So, again, thank you, Johnny, for that. Also, guys, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave that written review. Also, spread the word, tell a friend, have a them tell a friend. That would be greatly appreciated. I want to grow this thing even bigger. And it all comes from you guys. So thank you guys very much. And don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast.